Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Thank God for another opportunity to be before you guys. I thank God for the amazing praise and worship from my lady, Courtney Wright. Um, I thank God as we are just in this holiday season that we are just really focusing on really the coming of Christ. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. Amen. 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 Is the is the coming of Christ. And so the title of my sermon this morning, not to take any uh, too much time, is And He Dwelt Among Us. Amen. And He Dwelt Among Us. Turn with me to John 1, 1 and 14. John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and we're going to be reading from verse 1 and then jump down to 14. I'll be reading from the ESV version. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jump down to 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. By heads. Lord, we thank you. We honor you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that your word is true. We thank you, Lord, that your word is infallible, Lord. I thank you, Lord, um, Lord, as this opportunity, Lord, to hear from you, God. Um, Lord, let me decrease as you increase in me, God. Let every word that comes out of my mouth, Lord, be pure and holy and according to your scriptures, O God. Let the, the soils of our hearts, O God, be, be ready and, 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 and fertilized and ready, Lord, to receive the seed of your word, O God, so that way we may water it, Lord. We may have someone water it, Lord, and you bring forth the growth, God. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for us just diving deeper in our knowledge of you, God, and your mission to come, to dwell among us, and to die for us so that we may be saved. We thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. So the first part of this sermon is going to be a lot. We're going to be like we in class. Amen. We're going to be learning today about the incarnation. Say incarnation. incarnation. Not reincarnation. There's a difference. Uh, reincarnation is, a, I believe, is an Eastern, Eastern religious belief that when we die, we come back as, as someone else and all that case. That's the difference between the incarnation. Um, the incarnation in the Christian belief is that, Christ, that God himself came down and took on flesh and dwelt among us. Amen? Simple as that. Simply said, but more complex explained. So the incarnation is literally, we celebrate it every December. We celebrate that God came down in human form in order on the mission to provide for us salvation. Amen? Amen. So we thank God for incarnation. Whether we knew the technical word of it or not, we thank God and we celebrate incarnation every December 25th. We thank God that he, that he, took, he took on flesh in order to die for us. And that's what makes Christianity unique to any other. Because, like, for instance, the Muslims see Allah, and that, that when they hear about this, this doctrine of incarnation, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well with them because they feel they understand the holiness of Allah, but he stays holy. I mean, he stays separate. <laughs> but even in the holiness of our God, that his love causes him to come down into flesh in order to die for us. Amen? So Christianity is unique because of this doctrine, this doctrine that God himself took on flesh and dwelt among, and dwelt among men. So we see that John 1, 1, 
this is a, a pretty popular uh, verse. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Again, other, other, there's even the Jehovah's Witnesses that change this verse and, and add in was a God. But we understand that the biblical truth is that the word was God. And so if we're reading this for the very first time, our question is, who is the word? And so it says later on in 14, and John says, and the word dwelt among us. The word is Jesus Christ. The word is God, the son. So meaning God himself, who is the word, because it says the word was with God, was with God and was God. And then the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God the Son put on flesh, took on the human nature, and dwelt among us. Amen? Amen. So incarnation is one of the mysteries of our faith. We talk about the Trinity a lot. That, you know, we have the three persons in one nature. And yet, even in the midst of the Trinity, God the Son has two natures in one person. So it's kind of like flip-flop. That he, has the, he doesn't lose the divine nature. But as a matter of fact, the incarnation is more of an addition than it is a subtraction. So he keeps his divine nature, but he takes on the human nature. So he's still God, fully God, because God is eternal. Because if he, if he diminished his godliness, he would cease being God. Amen? I know, I know, I know I'm going, going. He has to be completely God to be God, period. So if he takes away any of his deity, he's no longer God. So he keeps his deity and takes on human nature. And I, I told you, the first part is going to be like a class. I know, I know it's going to be a little, a little muggy, but just stay with me. So he doesn't cease being God. There's, there's doctrines and there's even in the midst of churches where people are trying to make sense of this thing and in a, in a way really take away from it. Christ does not take away his deity. He is still fully God, but takes on human nature on top of that. Amen. And so we see examples of his human nature. He hungers. He asked Peter for some fish. He wept. He cried at, at, at Elijah's tomb. In that same scene, he was angry. He loved his sleep because when they woke him up in that boat, he said, oh, ye of little faith, leave me alone and let me catch these ease. He slept. So meaning he was tired. The, the God, God, the son, the, the second of the, of the Godhead, came on and took on flesh. It wasn't just that he looked like man. See, that, that's the thing. That's another thing. We stop at the fact that he just took on literal flesh and blood, and that was it. But he also had a human mind and a human soul. Because if he just took on flesh, he would never need to be hungry. He would just look like a man, but he doesn't have to hunger like man. He, doesn't, he, doesn't, he wouldn't have to, 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 to weep or feel emotions like man. But he took on the human body, the human mind, and the human soul. Amen? Amen? So this is unique to Christianity. And so we have to, when we proclaim Christ, we have to proclaim Christ in his deity and his humanity. Because his humanity is key to our salvation. If we, if we negate his humanity, we negate Christ, period. We negate his, our salvation because his humanity was key to our salvation. So in the same way we understand that Jesus is God, we also understand that Jesus is man all at the same time. Let, 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 me, let me just drop this nugget as we grow in our faith is just because we don't understand something doesn't mean that it's not true. And I say that because doctrines like this, doctrines like the Trinity, when people in, their fin in, our, in our finite minds cannot comprehend it, we automatically say that it's not true. 
But we know that the scriptures speak of the Trinity. It doesn't say the Trinity by word, and that's why people are going to trip you up, and I'm, I'm, I'm equipping you guys. But when it speaks about in Genesis 1, when he's creating the world, he says, let us make man in his own image. And we see the picture and the depiction of, of the Trinity when Jesus was being baptized and the Father spoke from heaven and, and the Holy Spirit descended like the dove and he spoke of his Son, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit all in one spot. The three persons of one nature. So just because we don't understand it and we can't really put logic to it doesn't mean that it's not true. Just because, oh, woo, just because I can't put logic as to why that car didn't hit me doesn't mean that I'm not here before you. I know the car was coming at me. Woo! There's sometimes you go through things and you don't understand until later on that there was for a reason. I didn't know that this was going to be an illustration for this morning. But I could not put logic to it. That's what boggled my mind the whole way here is there's no way I could tell this story in a way that's like, yo, yo. And then when I saw it, I swerved out the way. Or when I saw it, I sped up and I, yo, it almost hit my bump. I saw it. I knew that I was going to get hit. That, that was my mindset. When I saw it, the angle, my, my, I knew I was going to hit. As a matter of fact, I was so frozen in shock. That even the thought of speeding up, the thought of swerving out the way could not come to my mind. By the time I thought of that, I had already passed the car. And so logically, I can't put logic to the reason why I did not get hit. But guess what? I'm here. So it doesn't negate the truth. So just because we can't put logic to certain things, just because we can't really put into words to explain certain things, doesn't mean that it's not true. Amen? Amen. Amen. Whew. So we have to proclaim both Jesus' deity and as well as his humanity. So Christ came and took on flesh. And I, I thank God, I, I thought about this. I had to actually wrote a devotion like years ago called The Pacifier's Pacifier. And that he didn't just come as this full-grown man, but he came as a baby, just like, just like Gazelle, just like Declan, just like Genesis. Took on, and when I tell you humility, that the pacifier, meaning the prince of peace, the one who came to bring peace, had to take a pacifier. Ooh. The one who came to feed and to, and to supply for the world had to be supplied himself. I love Mary, did you know, and I think it's everybody's favorite line, that the one that you delivered will soon deliver you. He took on the weaknesses of, of man. But here's the blessing of God, thank you, Jesus, that he, wasn't come, he didn't come through natural birth. He came through the virgin birth. So I mean, Mary was just really the surrogate. And so because of that, he did not have the sinful nature that we have. Are y'all with me? He was pure and he was sinless. And so because he was pure and sinless, he was later on able to be, a, to be able to pay the debt that we owed. Because he who, who, he who had no sin became sin so that we can become righteousness. That's 1 Corinthians 5 verse 21. So, he who became, he who, he who knew no sin became sin so that we can obtain the righteousness of God. That's 1 Corinthians 5 verse 21. I believe, I believe I'm quoting the, the second half a little, a little off, but 1 Corinthians 5 verse 21. So pretty much the one who knew no sin took on sin so that one, those, the, the way I, I, I kind of remember is those who, the, the, he, he who knew no sin became sin so that he, we who knew no righteousness could become righteous. Because righteousness could not be attained by us. You heard uh, Lady Courtney earlier today that filthy rags, our own efforts at righteousness. Isaiah says that is as filthy rags. We cannot obtain righteousness on our own. We cannot obtain being right with God. You know, I tell people all the time, but don't get, don't get right to get Christ. Get Christ to get right because we'll never get right. 
We're never being right positioning in our own power, but because of the power of Christ and what he paid for us on the cross, we have access to righteousness. Not by our works, but, but, but by the grace through faith. But it's all because he took on flesh. Amen. So that we, we, we serve a, 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 a Christ who is God incarnate, who is two natures, the divine nature and the human nature at the same time in one person, which is unique to Christianity because it shows a, a, a reaching out of, a, a humbling of, of our God. Amen? Amen. And we had to proclaim both Jesus' deity as well as his humanity. So I wrestled with this and I was just like, okay, so what, what are we leaving with? This is great stuff to know. Great stuff to add to our knowledge and understanding of God, but what do we leave with? Why is the incarnation important to us? Three reasons. Jesus Christ, because of the incarnation, Jesus Christ was able to pay for our sin. Number two is that because of the incarnation, and I'm going to go back and expound on all three, but because of the incarnation, Jesus Christ is able to empathize with our struggles. And number three, because of the incarnation and because he's able to empathize with our struggles, he can be the example that we are able to follow. Amen. 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 Number one, why is it important? Why is the incarnation important to believers? Jesus Christ was able to pay for our sin. So imagine this. So actually, this actually happened to me. So I had agreed, you know, to help somebody pay, pay off a, a credit card, right? And so I had to go literally because the credit card wasn't in my name. I had to go literally to the bank and, you know, I had to get the account number from the person. I couldn't get it from the bank because my name wasn't on the account. And so I had to pay the money through there. So I asked him, I was like, is there an easier way I could do this? Like, is there a way I could just do this through the app, or whatever? Because, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the millennial. So I, I like to do everything real quick or do an app. Me remembering to go to the bank. I don't know. This generation, we, we just don't have that type of discipline to remember, you know, every second go to the bank, this, that, and the third. And so they said the only way that you could do this is if your name was on the account. Otherwise, what you would have to do is send the money to that person and that person wouldn't have to pay. But the problem was that person's account was overdrawn. So had I paid through that person, the money would never get to where the debt needed to be. So in order for me to, to be able to have direct access in order to pay the debt and, and pay the debt for the person, I had to be an account holder. Right? Christ, we have a debt to be paid. <laughs> we have an overdrawn account. And so in order for Christ to pay our debt... He had to take on the account. What did that mean? <laughs> what, what did it tell? So if, he, if she got bad credit, I got bad credit. So when I take on the account holder, I take the blow, but for a reason, for a purpose. Because at the end of the day, my intent is to pay off that debt. So Christ humbled himself, took on the form of a slave, Philippians 2, verse 5 says, with a mission in order to die for the, on that cross and to pay off that debt. He had to put his name on the account. He had to take the form of the one who was in debt in order to pay off the debt. He had to become man. <laughs> he had to become man because man was the one that owed the debt. We were the one that sinned against God. And so he became man in order to pay the debt that man owed. I'm going to take, P <laughs> take PD's call. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. 
He had to take on our debt. So he became man in order to do that. What kind of love? Let's remember, the debt was owed to God. It wasn't to this thirsty. For me, it was this third party. But the debt was owed to God. And God would say, you know what? In order for you to pay this debt, you got to be man. So man, no man has enough money in their account to pay the account. So let me, let me become man, because I have enough money in my account, and then pay the debt off. So I'll take the credit score hit. <laughs> Woo! I'll take the, the struggle. I'll take the decline, the decline home loans because of this, this debt that I didn't accrue myself. And I will pay, in order for me to pay the debt, in order to put them in a better position. In order for them to be approved for those loans. Because we wouldn't get approved for salvation if, if he had not paid our debt. Romans 5 verse 12 to 21. So it's because he took on man, man's form. It's because he took on humanity, I would say. That he was able to pay for our sin. And we see this in the way that Paul refers to Jesus Christ and, 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 and when he talks about uh, uh, the difference between him and Adam. In Romans 5, verse 12, and I'm going to read to, 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 to the end of the chapter, and it says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Verse 17, for if because of one man's trespass, death, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abound all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So because through one man sin entered the world, it was through one man it had to exit. Yeah, Woo! yeah you with it. <laughs> So he had to be a man in order to reverse what the first man did. So first, the why is important, the incarnation importance of the believers is that Jesus Christ, because of the incarnation, was able to pay for our sin. Number two is Jesus Christ was able to empathize with, or is, I would say, not was, Jesus Christ is able to empathize with, with our struggles. Turn me to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, starting verse 14. And it says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, he being Christ, the likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. 
and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation. Propitiation means a substitution for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Amen. Amen. Go down to, to uh, chapter four. Chapter four, starting from verse 14 also. And it says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Because of Christ taking on the human nature and walking in, in, in our shoes, so to speak, he understands our struggles. And I thank God that they said that he was tempted in every way and did not sin. So no matter what you may be going through, you're not the only one that went through it. Even if nobody in this room can relate to what you're going through, there's one that did. There was one that can, and that's Jesus Christ. Because he took on flesh. Because it would be one thing to be like, you know how sometimes when people come in and they think they know your story, and you're like, you, you don't know what it's been like. You lived up on the hill in your, in your big, big, big mansion. You don't know what it is to be on welfare. So you're making decisions from the White House and you, you don't understand what it is to struggle. You don't understand the benefits. of. So you can't, you can't relate. But when you have someone who can relate, that's the reason why you know, some of us made the votes we made a couple years ago. When we have somebody who can relate to the struggle, then we, we, we have more access and we have more of a freedom to come to that person when we're in need. So Jesus Christ took on the flesh, became just like his brothers, brothers and, and, and sisters, as I said in chapter 2, and, and took on in every respect the, 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 the I'm sorry, it goes verse, um, verse 17 in chapter 2. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service of God. So now when we come to our high priest, the high priest was the one in the Old Testament was the one that the, the, the people of Israel would come to and give the offerings to. And if, so they would go and, and, and go into the holies of holies and represent them to God. But we have a representative who truly represents us. We have a representative who truly represents us. He's not far off from us. He is not, it's not like he, you, you tell him something like, what? Depression, what's that? Sadness, what's that? Anger? What? 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 I, I don't know about anger. I, I mean, I mean, God, you know, God, God is a God of wrath, but the the type uh, jealousy and 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 or or, or or I would say betrayal. Betra betra I, I don't I don't understand. I'll probably I'll try to talk for you, but but he understands what betrayal was. As a matter of fact, he welcomed betrayal. Gave bread to the one that was going to betray him, knowing that he would betray him. So when he comes to betray, he says, I, I, I know what you've been through, but I, I need you to overcome it because I overcame it. And I, you are able to overcome because I overcame. I know what it is. I know what you're talking about betraying and talking bad about you. I'm talking about betraying and putting me on a cross and killing me. So, so, so I, I understand. I'm empathizing with you, but you have an opportunity and ability to overcome the betrayal you're going through because I overcame. So he understands and he empathizes and he sympathizes with us. We have a high priest who's not far off from us that just doesn't get what we're going through. 
But he, he took on flesh. He felt the same emotions. Here's the beautiful thing about God. While he was without sin, he was still in a world that was with sin. So it's not that he didn't deal with the stuff that we had to deal with. He just did not have the nature to respond the way that we tend to respond. So he still dealt with betrayal. He still dealt, dealt with, 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 um, with, with, with these events of, of, of people dying and people being sick and, 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 the, and the emotions. And that's what also frees me up, too, because even in his sinless nature, he still had emotions. So emotions itself are not sinful. Emo and I say this and I said this before and I'll say it again. Emotions are God given. They're, they're supposed to alert us to the things that are going on around us. The problem is when we let those same emotions drive us and control us to respond to those things. I like it to say that emotions are the interns of this organization, meaning that you have I'm paying you or, or you're, you're here enough to find the problems. But I'm not paying you enough, nor do you have the qualifications to tell me how to deal with them. Thank you for telling me that we're in the red, but now I have accountants that I pay hundreds and thousands of dollars in order to get me out of the red. You're interns. You're not there yet. Our emotions are the interns of the organization. If we allow them to be the high executives, that's when we cause problems. But Jesus showed us that we can have emotions, but not necessarily respond out of the emotions. Jesus Christ was, is able to empathize with our struggles. And here's a beautiful thing. And this is something that I never really grasped until I was getting ready for this, is that he still has the human nature. The resurrected human nature, the new bodies, not the, not the one that was, that was dealing with the, with, the, with, the, with the effects that we deal with, but he had died and resurrected and took on the new body. He is the firstborn of the new creation, First uh, Corinthians 15 talks about that, that he is the firstborn. And so the same way he has an incorruptible body, we are looking forward to the incorruptible body with him. So the human nature he has, and that's why I corrected myself when I said was able, he is able to sympathize. So even as we turn from uh, uh, 3, 8, 3 AD to 2018 and now the struggles are different, he still knows what we're going through. And he is still able to sympathize. So when we come to him in prayer, it's not somebody like, ah, whatever, just get over it. No, he understands. He understands. I know what it's like to be in your position, but also let me encourage you that I have also left the example to overcome it. Goes into my next point. I might as well. I've been, I've been, I've been tag teaming it this whole time. That not only is able to sympathize with us, but because of the incarnation, he is also to be our example. Here's the thing. If Jesus was just God, didn't have the human flesh, didn't have the human mind, didn't have the human soul, and he just came in, lived the perfect life, died on the cross, resurrected, it would be understood. God, well, I'm not God, though. So, so you dealt with that this way, but you, you got so, you got one up on me. You're God. And again, it doesn't mean that he wouldn't have the divine nature, but he still had the, the human nature to deal with. And so he is, and I'll, I'll never forget, the brother of mine, uh, I think PD was there when he said it, is that because of the incarnation, well, he didn't say that part, but he, the, 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 this next part, is that Jesus Christ is not the great exception, but the great example. Yeah, yeah. That if he could do it, we can do it too. Amen. Because he says the very same power that was in him is in us. The very same Holy Spirit that gave him the power is the one that strengthens us and keeps us and encourages us and pushes us and teaches us and guides us and comforts us. Yes. Yes. That very same Holy Spirit 
Fully God himself. And we, I know we talk about God the Son, but God the Spirit is also fully God. That very same power is in us. It's our decision on whether to trust the flesh or the Spirit. So when he comes to you again, and you come to him with, a, with, with, with your account of your betrayal, he says, I understand. I dealt with that. As a matter of fact, it probably, because he's in human nature, I'm pretty sure that there was some point in this whole Judah situation he did have some anger. But because, because he was over, able to overcome it, he still loved Judas. He still loved Judas. He still loved those who persecuted. When he was on the cross, I think it was about maybe a few months ago that I realized that he was, he, it wasn't like he resurrected and said, you know, Father, forgive them for they did not know what they did. No, no, no. He was on the cross. They were ridiculing him. Blood was still dripping from his hands, from his feet, from the crown on his head. And the crown on his head wasn't even part of the execution. That was part of their, their, their icing on the cake as they were just ridiculing him because he was the king of the Jews. And so he, his blood is raining. And while he's still up there, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So he's saying in the midst of them persecuting you, in the midst of them attacking you, you can look at them and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He is our example. When we read these scriptures and we read what he did, when we read, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. You know, and Philippians 2 says to have the same mind of Christ. Paul is not saying these things because he wouldn't say these things if these things were unattainable. But that mind that he's talking about is he had a human mind. So meaning the things that he was able to do and the things that he was able to overcome, guess what? We have the same power to overcome. We don't have to succumb to this world, the, the sin of this world, nor our own sin. Our own devices, our own temptations. We don't have to just sit back and just take it. No, we have the ability and the power to overcome them. Why? Because the great example did it himself. Tempted in all ways, yet did not sin. Now, I'm not talking about the doctrine of this whole perfection before. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. Don't, don't run with it. Because I got to make sure I put the boundary on the other side. What I'm not saying is that we, 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 we will be perfect in this life. But what I'm saying is as if we if we scrutinize and look at every single battle and we really watch every battle as a battle and not sit back and be be what's the word I'm looking for? A, a lackadaisic in our walk. There are a lot of victories that we should be able to attain. That's what I'm saying. And I'm speaking from experience. Sometimes we surrender to sin rather than surrendering to God. We surrender. You know what? Uh, this has just been my norm. This has just been what I've been going through. And so it just doesn't seem like, does it? No, 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 no. You have the ability and the power to overcome that sin. And that's because we can be encouraged by the example that Jesus Christ left for us. Because of the incarnation, Jesus Christ was able to pay for our sin, able to pay for our debt, die on that cross, then overcome death. As our example, we understand that this life is not our last. That death, we are no longer surrendering to death. So he came in because of those who were fearful of death. Whether we want to admit it or not, we are fearful of death. We make decisions moment by moment to be of, because of our fear of death. We make decisions on where we live. We make decisions on where we work. We make decisions on what we say, on what we do. 
because of our fear of death. Now, I'm not saying to, to throw away wisdom, but what I'm saying is God never called us to be live in fear of death. Because here's one thing that I picked, picked up on, and, and I'm pretty sure, I'm 99.99% sure, until I actually do a study and I come back and say I'm 100% sure. We talk about that Jesus Christ had emotions, but I've never seen in the scriptures Jesus Christ be fearful. Why? Because fear is not from God. Even when he was walking to the cross, never do you see, he was in sorrow, he was in physical pain, but never have I seen, and PD, you could correct me if I'm wrong, never have I seen him in fear. Even when he came and pronounced that I am now coming to the day when I will soon die, never to say he was fearful of his death. Even when, even when he ran away from the attempts from before, it wasn't because he was fearful, he was staying in his purpose. When, when they were trying to kill him in other instances prior to, and you see him, they say, and he ran, and he, just, he wasn't afraid of them. He said, this is not the way I was supposed to go out. So he comes for those who are in fear of death to overcome and defeat death. And I, 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 I always think about this whenever somebody I know passes away is that death now, which was our, you know, we remember, we see the images of the Grim Reaper and all this stuff, and this, 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 how, this, this, this overpowering image. And so when we come to Christ, that thing becomes our doorman. <laughs> Literally, our, just our doorman. It has now succumbed to servanthood to us. So when, when we leave this life, it, it, it looks at us and ah, I can't even do nothing to you. Well, here's the door to the one that you've been living your life for. Amen. Death becomes our servant when we come to Christ. Wow. Death is now just the passageway to see the one that we have lived our lives for. And so the same way he's overcome death, we are able to overcome death. And we are able to say, just as it says in 1 Corinthians 15, Oh, death, where is your sting? We can say like Paul, for to die is gain. We repeat the verses. I'm, I'm speaking from experience. We can we repeat the verses, but do we really feel like that? That if this walk means death, I'll take it. Amen. If me proclaiming Christ as my king is death, I'll take it. Because you want to know why I know we, can't, we, we don't really live by that? Because we won't proclaim Christ if it just means death from a circle of friends. If it just means separation from a circle of friends. If it means just there's this, our reputation being dwindled, if it means it's going to affect our career in a, in a way, if we, if we can't proclaim Christ in the midst of that, we can't proclaim. I'm, I'm pretty sure that we won't proclaim Christ if death was before us. And you want to know why I know that's possible, that that is attainable to us? I always remember, and it was only because of the truth wrapped about it that I realized this, but in Columbine shooting, it was two girls, I forget their names, that they put a gun to their face and says, you need to denounce Christ or else we're going to kill you. And they did not denounce Christ and they were dead on the spot. But how many know that there's a reward that is stored up for them? For standing in the midst of the weapon, standing in the, before the gun, and when it was death or allegiance to Christ, they chose allegiance to Christ. They were not afraid of death. They were not afraid of, 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 of what death comes because they understood that I'm in a position where even if you kill me now, you're giving me an express trip to eternity with my God. Amen. And so the same way that Christ was able to overcome death, we are able to overcome. We are able to overcome death because of his power. Amen. Amen. So again, because of the incarnation, Jesus Christ was able to pay for our sin. 
Number two, Jesus Christ was able to empathize and sympathize with our struggles. And number three, he can be the he is the example for us because of the incarnation. So as we go into this holiday season, um, as as we 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 think about uh, the coming of Christ, and and and, and you know, I'm going to zoom in more if the Holy Spirit leads me to to that that scene next week. But as as we as we think about it, let's remember the importance of Him coming. As you know, we, we joke around with His sweet baby Jesus. Remember the importance that that wasn't just this nice little story for us to tell and be like, you know, he came. No, there was a reason and there was a purpose behind it. And we are walking in that purpose now. We have we have uh, access to the benefits of that purpose right now. That when we pray to God, no, first of all, that we can come to Christ and be saved. Because he became a man in order to pay the sin that man owed and so that we can now walk debt-free. <laughs> debt-free, spiritually and, and literally. But, 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 but that, we, that we no longer have this debt against our God. The sin that, that had caused this separation from God has now been bridged because this one man, Jesus Christ, reversed what the first man, Adam, did. So not only can we, not only are we, was he able to pay for our sin, but when we pray to him and when he sees us and when we're walking with him, he sympathizes with our struggles because he's been through them. The Bible says that he was tempted in every way and yet did not sin. So he has the key to every victory in your life. He knows how to overcome it. I get it. I understand how you feel. This is how you get out. Hmm. And thirdly, not only is he able to sympathize with our struggles, but just like I just mentioned, that he is able to be the example. That we're able to look at his life and say, I can overcome it just by that way too. I can look in the faces of people who will betray me and still love them. It may be hard. It may be easier read and easier said than done. But it's, it's, I'm able to look at the people who betrayed me, look at the people who offended me, and still love them, still offer grace to them. Why? Because Jesus did it. And if Jesus could do it, I can do it. Bow your heads and pray. Lord, we thank you and we honor you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you thought it not robbery to come down in the form of man, to take on the human nature that you created. Take on the human nature, deal with our struggles, deal with our temptations, and die for us on the cross. I know right now we're celebrating the, the, the cleaner and the, the nicer scene of that, Lord, of you entering this world. But we can't appreciate you entering this world without, without really focusing on what you came into this world for. We thank you, God, that you would be so humble and be an example of humility, Lord, that you would take on the flesh of man, even from the age of a child. To deal with our, our, our struggles, to deal with our temptations, to deal with the effects of sin in this world. In order for us to one day say we are saved by the blood of the Lamb. That concludes this week's message and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, 
You can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.